0: Thank mm-hmm. you. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Public Handicapper Podcast. On this week's pod, we are handicapping the late pick five from Churchill Downs on Saturday, May 30th. This is show number 66, May 29th, 2020. I'm Scott Carson, founder of Public Handicapper, and I'm joined by my co-host, Hall of Fame Handicapper, Chris Larmy. Chris, how are you?
1: Doing great. Doing great.
0: Chris, uh, before we get started, I know we have a pretty beefy show but uh, can you talk about just update for anybody who might not have heard last week uh, update our listeners on the NHC qual- feeder that we have um, spot that we're sponsoring a private feeder for next Saturday, June 6th.
1: Sure. It's um, on Saturday, June 6th, as you said, great, should be a great car of racing Belmont's up and going Santa Anita has their big day. Um, I'll, I don't have the link yet. I won't get it until June 3rd, which I think is a Wednesday. Um, When I do get that, I will tweet that out. I didn't know if you were going to send an email out or not, um, Scott, but uh, we'll have the link there. I'll, I'll send it out in Twitter. You can sign up um, using that link. It's $18. You can have up to two entries. Um, You do not have to be an NHC tour member to play. Um, if you happen to hit one of the, uh, win a spot in the, finish in the top 10%, you win a, an entry into another contest, which is on the following day, Sunday, uh, which is an NHC qualifier. And if you're not a tour member, you need to sign up for the tour before that to be eligible to win an NHCC, but you do not have to be in a tour member to be in the feeder. Although that same Saturday will be a free NHC contest to all tour members that will be awarding NHC spots. So um, it would make sense for you if you're not a tour member to join the tour before Saturday and you'll be able to play in our feeder as well as the free contest. Um, And you'll have done all the work already um, and you can get two contests for the price of one. Also, for those of you already in the tour and and probably going to play in that free contest, you'll have already done all the handicapping. So why not uh, spend $18 on the feeder and have a shot um, to win some public handicapper swag and get some bragging rights um, on the PH pod and even come join us on a future podcast. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I hope a lot of people sign up again. The link will go out on I think it's a Wednesday, but on June 3rd, Uh, we'll definitely have it out on Twitter. Maybe we'll send out an an email uh, to some of the people on the public handicapper mailing list. Um, But I really encourage you all to play. It'll be fun. I think Scott and I will be live tweeting leaderboards and um, giving people props who are near the top of the leaderboard. Um, And, and maybe uh, uh, we'll, see somebody do well in the free contest as well. And we'll plug that.
0: Yeah. So just to clarify, yes, I, I am sending out an email. uh, It's not to the whole public handicapper list. It's to people who are listening to this pod who send me an email saying, Hey, let me know the link. And I've already gotten uh, like six or seven of those via email. So uh, I've answered them and assured them that they will get the link And so if you've already done it, you don't have to do it again. Can you Uh, give that
1: email out again? Sure. It's
0: it's horseplayers at publichandicapper.com. The other thing I wanted to mention is uh, some swag is not actually uh, a good description. I'm giving a one T-shirt because I barely have any left. One t-shirt to whoever wins the contest, so the top ten percent one out of every ten people that are in the feeder uh, will go on to the, the 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 actual qualifier the next day, but as an incentive to finish first and not fifth and or fourth or third, uh, there's a rare one of the last remaining public handicapper t-shirts
1: a true collector's item and of course Bragging rights as the champion of the first public handicapper, um, online contest. So, uh, it should be fun. our feeder contest, the so that it should be fun. Um, you know, why not $18? If you haven't ever played a contest, this is a great way to get started. Um, so I encourage everybody to join in and we'll have some fun with it.
0: All right, great. And so that's on horseplayers.com. And we will be providing that link to everybody via email and Twitter. And we have a special guest. He's a noted tournament player who crushes regularly in live bankroll contests. He's qualified for the NHC four times. He's Benny South Street. Benny, welcome to the show.
2: It's a pleasure to be here. appreciate you guys having me on.
0: Well, and we appreciate you joining us. Um, we have a few questions for you. One of them is to explain this trip note service that you started, which uh, apparently people have scored with already. But uh, I certainly know that if I don't have time to watch a replay, that I can get an accurate assessment from you. Can you explain the service for everybody?
2: Oh, I'd love to. Yeah. So uh, I had a I had a client who was paying me privately that that had an idea that we come up with, you know, why don't we just take what it is that you do to, to the masses. And I've kind of hemmed and hawed about it for a long time. I did have a lot of people on Twitter reach out to me and ask if they could, you know, they could get notes individually. And that always been no. And, you know, he he put on the full court press and and I eventually succumbed to the pressure. And I pulled uh pulled a, a good friend of mine. Who's also a very good tournament player um who's anonymous now and and won't be when we go live. Actually, you know what? I think I can say his name now because I think it was mentioned. So, a uh, gentleman by the name of Paul Cush is also riding trips with me. So, between us, we we cover uh all major tracks, so it'll be four at the most at any given time, but we'll have uh we'll have trips for every track uh for every horse at, at all the major circuits. So, um yeah, it's been good. And has been very, very positive. I've got a lot of good feedback. Um, we've only done a soft launch so far, which is it's pretty simple. You get to our website, which is tripnotepros.com, put in your email address, and then it starts, right? So it's automated. You're just getting right now for free notes on select pick five sequences uh, just to help people along. I just feel like there's so much analytical information out there that That is super tight, I mean you guys are great examples of this. you're really good at what you do, and you analyze numbers and flow and statistics and I'm sure you've got software and you know and that's pretty typical of the of the successful player nowadays and my whole deal was that, you know I want something that is subjective and and more artistic um that can maybe find things that a computer can't find um, so that's been kind of the the genesis of the idea and so far it's you know it's coming along the site looks amazing um it'll be interactive we're going to have all kinds of things on there that go far beyond just trip notes um there'll be tutorials and track bias reports uh, weather reports um it'll be a lot yeah it's i'm psyched about it it's been uh, it's been a labor love of mine for a long time so to get where we are you know, we've got, we're on the five yard line and we're kind of pushing in. So it's, it's gonna, it's gonna happen soon.
0: That's cool. Uh, Chris, did you have any, um, questions for
1: well, sure. From a trip perspective, we probably have listeners who don't incorporate that into their handicapping or would like to do more of that. Do you have any sort of general tips for watching races or watching for trips, um, that you'd want to share with the listeners?
2: Well, I think the big thing is, there are a few, the, the biggest thing is you've got to be willing to do the work and it takes a long time. Like this morning I got up at three twenty, Um Because there's just so much work that needs to be done. It takes a long time to do it right. Um, so you've got to, you know, when, that when you lose, when you lose view of that horse in a pan shot, you know, you have to be willing to toggle over to the, to the head on and see if there's anything that you'd potentially miss. So that's the first thing you've got to be willing to put in the work and then think the second thing is which is also important is you've got to be looking for things that aren't baked into the price via a and just a an overall comment line which you find in your in your pps so you've got to be willing to look at, at what jockeys are are trying to do um so horse comfort and jockey intent are important i had a conversation uh recently with one of your recent guests Brent Sumjohn we were talking about jockey intent you know i don't think that jockeys intend to lose when they get in the gate occasionally they do very very rarely uh, they'll have a reason you know the trainer wants them to give a race or what have you but i think when they get in that starting gate and and they're putting their livelihood on the line they're competitive guys and and they want to win but for whatever reason Horse racing happens at times and they, and they find themselves in positions where they know they're just not going to get there and they find a way to hide a little bit, call it what you want, save, hide. So those are the kinds of things that can really offer up uh nice value. So those are the kinds of things that I think people should be looking for when doing trips. It's not just, you know, an obvious steady or a pause or and there are all kinds of different things that I look for. Um, turf sprints or i love watching turf sprints because i think ground loss is so important in them i think it's more critical in a sprint than a route um and then when that horse when it's that horse's is time to run what kind of trip did he have versus that style of running so speed horses if they're troubled right from the gate it may only be a half a length start but if it it causes that rider to blast off into a pace that's You know that's uh, against that that horse's style. You know that's important. Whereas you know a stretch runner, obviously, if you if you lose it a little bit and even get knocked around some, it's it's not such a big deal because that horse didn't really, you know, he wasn't looking to to run that anyway. So there's all kinds of different things, but those are a couple of them. And then we, you know, I look for things that show up versus a computer. For example, I call I have got a glossary term that we put in there, and I call it fake fast, which is it's a slow pace, but you've got a runoff leader by eight, and then the pack is tracking, and they're compact and they're together, and they're just waiting for that horse to back up. A computer might look at that race flow as being fast, um, but it's not. You know, most oftentimes it's it's either normal or it can even be on a slower pace. So things like that. Um, I yeah, you know, I call uh, I've got a term I use the, an accordion you get that horse that that clears off and and then he slows down and the pack catches up and they kind of you have that accordion look about it and then they they speed up again um and that can leave the stretch runners you know the, the deeper closers and a real bind uh but again that's that's one that might show up as as a fast pace on a computer any sort of pace analysis that can really hurt a stretch runner so yeah, just a little glimpse. I mean, these are the kinds of things that I'm looking for, and some of the things that that I'm trying to uh, to share.
0: All right. Well, um, we'll we'll make sure. Actually, why don't we just do it now before we forget? What is your Twitter handle so that people can look you up and start following you?
2: Uh, B South Street. So at B South Street. Um, and the website is tripnotepros.com. It's funny, Pete Fornatel came up with that because originally I didn't want anybody to know who I was and he wanted me to write trips for him. And I said, sure, you know, no problem, I'll help you out. And uh, he had helped me out and <laughs> and so I said, I'll help you out. And I said, But you need to come up with an alias because I don't if I'm playing in a contest, I don't want people to know who I'm playing because I play in contests all the time. And so he came up with this B South Street, which was Benny South Street, the character. Which is uh, in a musical *Guys and Dolls* about you know there's some stuff about horse racing in it, so kind
0: of funny. <laughs> I, I knew there was something behind that name, uh, and I I love that movie, but somehow uh, I I didn't make the connection. I didn't remember that name.
2: Um, yeah, I didn't well, even know what it was. So yeah, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> All right. So yeah, well let's get started because we have a kind of a long pod today, so and we're we're hitting the pick five. We're going to start with the seventh race at Churchill. It's the winning color stakes, six furlongs on the dirt, purse of 100000 It's for Phillies, Mares, four-year-olds and up. And Benny, as our guest, you get to go first.
2: All right. I got the tee, huh? So I'm a golfer, so I got the tee. Hopefully. <laughs> That's right. Hopefully I can keep the box. So, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really have anything clever to come up with this race. To me, it, it kind of just looked like um, break-even was too fast. Uh and break even's gonna clear and then and then I saw Mia Mischief just sucking up into a great stalking position. Um so I, I felt like one of these uh was these two are too strong and one of these was probably gonna win. But I think Lady Subia is interesting. Um she did have a bad tra- trip last time. I think that's a bad morning line. I, I don't think I don't think she's gonna be twenty to one. Um but after she checked and she, she lost some ground and she lost a couple positions, she really kind of ran up into a hole and bullied her way into a spot to claim third. And I can see her firing a big shot, tracking just off the pace. So she was interesting to me at a number. So I'll probably fiddle around with uh, with the two chalks and Lady Sue be underneath. And, and I'm going to be paying attention to the board as well. Um, you know peter miller's a fantastic sprinting trainer and uh for a unique factor to be first time miller it looks like she's a late running sprinter anyway um you know that she's been going long and and two turns and kind of plodding around the track but she looks like a late running spinner and, and he might be able to move her up so i'll be checking the board uh with spice perfection who will who i'll be fading in here you know that's a former miller um Peter Miller, when he bats, he does well. And so when his horses are pounded, he's one that where I pay attention. So I'll be looking at the toad as well on a uh, unique factor and spice perfection. But uh, I think most of my play will be surrounded by Subi underneath with the, with the chops on top. All
0: right. Um, unique factor is 31 morning line. So it'll be really interesting to see how they better. Chris, what did you think in this race?
1: Well, uh, I agree with Ryan in some respects, but not in others. So it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out. I I do kind of like Lady Subi. I don't like her so much in this race, but I think this is really a strong field and could be a key race. I expect a lot of these horses to run well later on this year. Lady Subi is one of those. I mean, I like the cutback because she's much better on, on dirt sprints, I think she's hit the board in almost every race she's been in, and she did have a a, a tough trip last time out. Um But to me, she's kind of one that's going to be chasing a hot pace wide, and I don't see her – I just don't see that being a good trip for her, although I don't want to contradict the trip man, Benny, himself. So, I, No, I'm that's a little, what we're here for, dialogue. Uh, I, I'm, so I am I like her as a horse. I like her going forward. I just don't like her so much in this race. But at a big price, um, if she goes off at that 20 to 1, definitely usable. Um, I didn't think break even – I think break even will be on the lead. I'm just not sure she'll get a breather or be able to clear because I think take charge Angel, the six horse, is very quick horse, very talented too, And and I actually – Uh, marked her down as a horse i wanted to play her next out but then she landed in this really tough race where i think she's going to be pushing a hot pace with break even but i mean she gave Kofefi a really tough test last year um on the front end and i think she can do the same with break even in here so i think break even gets pace pressure from the start and then like Ryan said I agree Mia Mischief just sits off in that third spot tracking and we'll start to put some pressure on her on the turn so if she shakes off Take Charge Angel then I think she has to deal with Mia Mischief so I see this as being a pretty testingly run race at six furlongs but graded stakes with fillies and mares you know typically they still get one on the front end even in a race like that but I do think there's some good horses that might trip out here if that's the way it unfolds. And, and the two horses I like are the one sneaking out and the three princes causeway. I'll start with the one sneaking out. She drew the rail, which is not good. And she's a speed horse, but I do think she's capable of sitting off the front runners. And from the rail, if Jose Ortiz is patient, he might get that perfect pocket trip in behind the speed and this is a really nice filly i mean she's never been out of the exacto when she was trained under jerry hollendorfer's care she's back with hollendorfer she has never been on exacto in sprint races she was very fast as a two-year-old had some physical problems came back was very fast as a three-year-old had some physical problems came back now second off a layoff um, She'd be sitting on a really big race, had a 57 and flat work at Los Alamitos earlier this year. Um, this is a nice filly. Um, if she does, if they do send her from the rail, I think she's done. I mean, but she'll help soften up break even, but she can't, I don't see how she wins with that trip. But if they do tuck her in break alertly, but then just let break even go. I think she could be really dangerous, and she might get completely overlooked. And California's speed is always dangerous when it ships west. So um, sneaking out could be sneaky good in here. Um, the, if the race does set up for a closer, though, Princess Causeway, the three-horse, is really interesting. Um, her, She's really bred to go long on the turf, and that's kind of the way they've trained her. But She did get a chance recently to run in a couple dirt sprints. I think they thought of them more as preps than objectives, but in both cases, she was impressive and won. In fact, her last three dirt races at a mile or less, she's won all three. Those are only three wins recently. So I think they finally figured out she's just a closing sprinter. And uh, this is the first time they actually targeted a stakes race, a sprint, dirt sprint stakes race for her so this is actually a target rather than a prep um, she probably would do better with a little more distance but if the race sets up I think she could um, come rolling past them all at a price so there's even a few more but I've already talked too long I know but I, I really like the three horse princess causeway and the one sneaking out as two potential price plays depending on you know how the race shakes out up front
0: All right. Well, um, yeah, there aren't that many horses in this race, so it's going to be a very long pod (laughs) at this rate. Uh, I actually went, I have plenty of crazy long shots later, but, and not to say that those two horses are crazy long shots. They're not. Um, but I am pretty keen on Mia mischief. I'm going to single her. I think I'm going to try to play the pick five. Um, she, is at her best third off a layoff. And this is her third off a layoff. She's better at the beginning of the year after she's had a freshening. And in fact, last year in May, she was winning the grade one Humana Distaff at Churchill. So she was probably pointed for that race again this year, but it, it didn't happen. Um, so you know, she's third off a layoff. She's always been fast. She's on a three-race winning streak. She won very easily in her last race. She's five for eight at the track, seven for 13 at the distance. And I, I'm just kind of counting on break-even to take money. And, I, I, I mean, I, I think break-even can win this race, especially if she gets a pretty easy lead. But her best number last year was in the slop. And she's been favored in every race, so except for one, and then that race she was nine to five. So I'm just thinking that they're probably going to bet Mia Mischief and break even equally, and there's going to be value with singling Mia Mischief. Uh, I did land on Princess Causeway as the long shot. Initially, I was thinking, hey, I'm I'm going to play her but I watched that last race and she closed into a huge setup. I mean, the quarter was 21 and four and the half was 44 and three. So, and she also galloped out huge too. So I wouldn't talk anybody off her, especially at double digit odds. Um, but I, I don't know. I just think Mia she she's, she's like midnight Bisou right now. She's like uh She's like, um, uh, uh, who, who's that super fast sprinter last year who won the Breeders' Cup Sprint?
2: Matoli,
1: Co- Fefe, the horse I talked no, about. No no no, oh, no, 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 the, the Philly
0: Mayor Sprint, the male, yeah. the male, the male, the male horse. Um, Steve Asmus. It Matoli. Beat Chance a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Matoli. So she, she just reminds me of Matoli. Like right now, she's just, she is clearly the fastest horse. She's got the perfect pattern. She's not carrying extra weight. So I'm just going to run with her because I have to go deep later.
1: So Scott, if you take a look at Mia Mischief's sheet, it's kind of interesting because she peaks right there at the beginning of May and then she tails off for the rest of the year. Her peak efforts are all uh, beginning of May and, and earlier. That's when she runs her big races. And she, she doesn't run poorly after that, but they're not her peak efforts. So
0: no, no. You no, might want to just look at that. Oh yeah, no. Uh, well, believe me, I looked at it. I mean, this is her third race of the year. Well, she ran her biggest number last year. Third race of the year, biggest race, uh, tied for her biggest race the year before. Third start of the year. This is her third start of the year. It's just late May because they started later with her.
1: All right. I I think she's a nice horse, but um, I okay. All right. I I just have a feeling she may tail off a bit here, but she. She's definitely the one to beat in. Definitely
0: the one to beat in the race. Ryan, uh, feel free to add any counterpoint if you have it.
1: You know,
2: so one of the things that that I pay attention to, and and I'm sure you guys do as well, the the run-up at Gulfstream is only five feet. So when you see anything under sub-22 and sub-45, they are, like, really flying. I did have that track as inside, and and uh princess causeway was a little bit inside but she eased out a little bit early went around everybody but it, i had that race in as an absolute meltdown and so that was um that was a downgrade for me even though you know if she if she does get the same thing then she's eligible i'm just i'm not convinced that'll happen um so that was the one knock i had on that one um, uh can it's funny I, I we haven't really touched. To-
1: I just want to agree with you. I'm not, she got a total setup in her last race. So I'm not saying that's why you better, but she didn't get a total setup in the race before that. She's won on a a normal pace sprinting. She's won on a slow pace sprinting or going one mile. I mean, so she doesn't have to have that setup to run well. That's all. She certainly had that one. That one flattered her for sure. And the competition wasn't nearly as tough.
2: Yeah, so I, I would agree with that, um, but I guess the, the, the point is I, I think people should, I don't know how many of, of your listeners even consider, you know, let's say they don't have access to sheets or software or what have you, but to know what the run-up is so that you can look at the PPs and, and maybe analyze that pace from just a a glance over would be important. Like Churchill, for example, you know, they when they hit the wire, it's 180 feet right? So they're running full speed when they hit that wire. And, uh, I think that's, that's an important thing to, to be cognizant of.
0: Yeah. The, I know that about Churchill. So I never, I never really care if it's under 22, but that's interesting about Gulfstream. Are you sure it's really only five feet? Cause that, I mean, that doesn't even seem like possible
2: you know what i could be wrong i know it is on the routes um i'll look what while we're on the phone but like i know Oaklawn's 80 um the fairgrounds is 80 san Anita's 85 so they're all really close so you can compare based on how track the fast uh, on on the variant that day you can compare pretty pretty close um okay here we go it's it's 20 feet which is still almost nothing i mean it's just only a couple jumps out of the gate so um yeah, that Gulfstream one's really, it's really hot. any That's why, like, especially in that dirt mile, I mean, I'm kind of going down a rabbit hole right now, but that dirt mile, it's only five feet. I mean, if you see anything that's near 23, and depending on the level, it's, it's a real eye-opener for me. I, I know I pay attention to that.
0: All right, well, um, plenty to think about on that race. Let's move to the next race in the sequence, which is the eighth race. It's a uh, maiden special weight, a mile and sixteenth on dirt, purse of seventy nine thousand for three year olds and up. Chris, why don't you get us started?
1: Well, in this race, uh, a while back we had a Fletcher three year old that was stretching out to mile doctor post, and I said that's sort of Fletcher's signature move, first time routing with three year olds on the dirt. He has one in this race, uh, the favorite Ashi Ashi. Ashisham, I guess. I'm not sure how you pronounce it.
0: Ash Ashisham. Uh, I listened to Pete Pete Aiello. I was like, I thought there was an S in there, but it's it's there's only one at the beginning.
1: Um, yeah. I should when I watch replays, I should put the sound on. I usually just watch it with the sound off. Um, so uh, you know, he's making his first start off the layoff. He's bred to run long. In fact, he's really well bred. His mare, his mother, is by Gosapper out of Azeri. Um, two sensational race horses, champions, both of them. So this horse is royally bred. It's a a Shadwell horse that Fletcher picked up when Curian retired. Um, So there's a lot to like about this horse, just from that standpoint. Um, But there are a few little bit negative things, because this isn't a horse that came started in his program. So, you know, those Really good numbers he gets first time routing. Those are all with the foundation that he builds right from the start. As a two year old, he picked this horse up, so it hasn't been in his program that long. So that's one negative. He also adds blinkers, which isn't his MMO uh, typically, which is a negative. And then these Shadwell horses, he's he's had five of them run back since he's picked them up, and he still hasn't won. They've all hit the board, but none of them have won, and most have been short prices. So and the horse is fast. The horse should stretch out. Um, and he's a, he's a legit favorite. And if it had been a pletcher horse from the start, I'd say he's just a solid lock solid a horse for your pick five. But because there are a few question marks, I wanted to go a little deeper and I did find a couple horses. I only talk about one because I talked about too many last time. Scott subtly gave me that hint. Um, so the three-horse Mau Mau, I like quite a bit. Um, also on the pod, we, I talked about how Bill Mott has a bad, undeserved reputation for three-year-old dirt sprinters, first-time starters. Everyone says he sends them out needing a race, but if you look at the numbers, he does really well with those horses, and he has a positive ROI. But for routers, first-time starter, he's not very good. Yeah, he's typically sending them out. Um, needing a race as a prep and this Mau Mau is one of those, his first race looked like a prep to me. I'll be interesting to see what, uh, Benny says about that trip. Um, second start, I think you'll see a big improvement. Uh, Rosario is on still, uh, he's got a good post. His first race wasn't bad. In fact, it was probably about as fast as anything in this race's run other than the favorite. So. Um, You know, Mau Mau to me is a horse I think you'll see um, make big improvement in its second start. Um, So that's definitely a horse I'm interested in here at 10 to 1 in the morning line.
0: Note, I I just looked it up in Formulator. Uh, Oddly enough, Bill Mott, second time out, second route. He hits the 12% with a 108 ROI. Now, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't specify that that was dirt but uh i'll I'll, yeah. I'll i'll apply the filter to dirt and on dirt it's it's 13 percent with an 091 roi
1: and do it with three-year-olds on the dirt uh
0: shoot uh well i messed Man, up You're uh, fast
2: i'm impressed
0: yes. i i i messed up so i'll look that up and uh we'll uh we'll let benny give his opinion on the race while i'm looking it up all
2: right well, from a trips point of view, um, there were there were a few in here that were interesting. Uh, number eleven militarist is getting a huge speed jockey upgrade. And this horse was ridden like they wanted the lead on January eleventh. So he was kind of a puppy three year old then. He's had, he's had some time to mature. I mean the turf race is a is a line through. Um, and that race was it was pretty fast early. Uh, he got knocked around a little bit like middle part of the turn and just kind of backed out of it, but it was a fast run race. Um, the top two in there were really good. As a matter of fact, that I want to say that, uh, Karakaro, I believe came back and won a stake. Um, I could be wrong. I, I, I could be looking at your horse there with Oshaham with, or rather, uh, with mud pie on Dr. Post, um, I'll have to go back and look, but it was a very strong race. I know that Spa City came back to win and post a big speed figure uh, and I like when horses fade and they still post decent speed figures, like they're backing out of it and they're trying to get their lungs back and and they're still fast enough so that one was interesting to me, especially with Landeros to floron who's who's turned into a very aggressive rider early um and then mud pie kind of had that same angle uh that last race with Paco he had a plan that horse was bet. Um, he was going for the lead and broke out and kind of lost that momentum early. And he, he wrote him, wrote him into a box and then, you know, nothing went well from there. So uh, he's interesting to me at a big number as well. Those are both 12 to one. And then the, the four-year-old, uh, the, the two inside horses are interesting to me. They're coming out of the same race and they both had sneaky trouble. None of which show up on paper. Um, so I expect those to both be, pretty good prices aztec empire was making if you watch that tape was making a really nice move in between horses had kind of just reached the pack and was making a good push in between and ran into an absolute box and stopped joe took care of this horse on the way in and just kind of coasted home so he's he's especially interesting to me especially that he's a four-year-old now he's had a couple tries before uh earlier against against three and ups and it didn't pan out but Um, there were several other four-year-olds in those races so he's interesting to me and then tis the journey is another one where that flow was just it was almost impossible to close in that race and this one barely had reached the pack and was circling the field and and understandably flattened Um, that was his i kind of look at that race as almost the first time that he was cut right so he was gilded on on the before his race on April 4th, but that was over a sloppy go. So I, I was paying particular attention to his last race and I thought it was reasonable. So even if not on top, I think those are those two are both interesting underneath. Uh, I can't knock Mau Mau, he was ridden like a horse that uh, that was going to need the race. It, the, the comment says reserved inside, he wasn't reserved. He was ridden away from the gate, almost like they knew he had no speed and uh, they were gonna try and get him in the race and get him fit. So um, I can't knock him at all, especially at 10 to one. And I, I do think the favorite is somewhat vulnerable only because this horse had a, had a complete, uh, meltdown in front of him. Um, it kind of felt like he sucked up into that spot a little bit. I don't see the need for blinkers. Whom I had to question Todd Fletcher, but I find it interesting, uh, that he does get blinkers, uh, in this start, given that he, that he was rolling late, um, so he, he's a, he's a play against for me, but uh, that ought to do. I mean, th- those to me are the contenders and some big prices underneath. Like I said, if, if I'm not going to play on top, I, I think I can might be able to find something underneath with those.
0: All right. And for picks uh, for purposes of the pod picks, just so we can say like, Benny he gave that one out on top. Who's your top choice. And I know, you know, you probably haven't decided yet, but.
1: I
2: would probably lean on the one Aztec Empire.
0: All right, we'll do that. And uh, if if uh, one of the your other horses comes in, we'll just say you showed them a lot of love. Uh, Chris, I, I'm looking up at I I I got that pattern up. Surface dirt, three year olds only, second career start, second route. Bill Mott, over for seventeen.
2: that surprises me.
0: <laughs> it does surprise, right? Now, that doesn't mean that he can't win. I mean, if he if he wins the race, especially if the horse is 10 to 1, which I I don't think it will be. I think it would probably be more like 5 to 1. But um Do they show you, know, you
2: places and shows in Formulator?
0: They do. And uh 7 of the 17 were in the money. Uh in fact, uh 6 of them got second. Okay. Uh 6 oh, of them there got you go. second. Okay. Six of them got second. Only one was above two to one, and that was a five to one. So it's not a great angle. Uh, Chris hasn't responded, so I'm not sure what happened. But uh, hopefully, maybe we lost him. You can't.
1: uh, Uh, I I was just letting you go. Um, He's. I I'm not exactly sure what you're doing, but if you if you just go distance routes surface dirt um his second start time starters uh you know he's 16 percent win if you look at him with first time starters rather than second time starters then he's five percent win he's won three out of 60 so he only he went he never wins first time out he's much better second time out um routing
0: yeah uh uh, yeah, I mean, maybe there's a there's a you know they just redid formulators. so maybe there's a conflict here. Um, I am doing distance, but I'm doing second career start, and distance second route. So it's All just right. a well, different it's not, way. It's, it's not, okay. a different way of coming up with it. But um, you know that's something we can we can. Yeah, either way, he's much later.
1: better second time out than first time out with the, those routers. Um, and and one of the things I did want to point out that what Benny said about Uh, the favorite the blinkers on the favorite the thing to keep in mind is that horse is by tappet and he's notoriously for his his colts they are goofy so you know they kind of tend to be head cases so that the, the blinkers might have something to do with that and that's again a possibly a negative sign um with this horse so i do think though it's the one to beat um it just has a a, a few knocks. Um, but it its races were pretty fast and it really is bred to stretch out.
0: I, I have two reasons to be against Ashiham. Uh the first is that Pletcher first time blinkers sprint to route, four for twenty-seven with a an 098 ROI. And and that's not like that's not why I'm betting against the horse, but it, it is an, an interesting uh factoid. What I don't like about the horse, uh, aside from what you said, Chris, that he, he, he hasn't been part of the program of uh, the Pletcher program. So if he were stretching out and like that had been part of the plan the whole time, I, I would, I would give him more credit. Um, but what I don't like is he improved a lot from his first race to his second race and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that necessarily except that when they then go two turns after that big improvement, that's usually I want to bet against them. And the horse is in the nine hole, which hits at 5% at Churchill, or at least last meet. So, so that's why I'm against the horse. And But when it comes to picking a winner, it's pretty wide open. So I'm just going to give you two long shots that I like. And the first one is uh, a, 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 my crazy long shot of the day. It's the five horse dreams of Yvonne. Um, so the horses run twice, and the first race it was bothered at the start, and you can just toss a first time starter, especially with this trainer who, his name is uh, John Ennis. He just he never wins with first timers. The second race he was fractious at the gate. They said the comment is reluctant to load. Now I couldn't see any fractiousness on the replay because there wasn't that much time there. But uh, so if he was fractious at the gate, he dropped back and then he made a big move going around the turn. And uh, it's, it's sneaky because he didn't, it wasn't like fancy, but he was passing a few horses. And then interestingly, he actually galloped out better than the winner. So he finished fifth and Doesn't look that good on paper, but you know, considering that he was fractious at the gate, um, and and then he made that sort of hidden move and then galloped out past the winner, that that impressed me. And and what makes me think it's go time is that his last workout was May 12th, the last recorded workout, May 12th, 47-1-4 furlongs. So notably better than he's ever worked before. And uh, in the past, I've found maidens that like, you're like, what, what's different about the horse this time? Like, why could it win? Well, the horse is ready. Like he's working out faster than he ever did. So that gives you a reason to include the horse in your pick five. If you know, if, if it's a little risky to bet to win, uh, you certainly want to include that horse. Um, the other horse that I'm interested in is one that Benny mentioned, Tis the Journey, I also liked I, I liked that um, that nice outside move it didn't look like they were yeah you know, he started from way outside so I think they were just thinking like hey let's just let's keep developing this horse and it was a small improvement off his best fast track race before and um, I, I think he can he can do it he's 20 to one morning line I just think you know you you have to include it with these maiden races, especially a race like this where there's no standout and the one standout is like at a bat, bad post position coming I mean, We have reasons why we don't like her. And then you you want to go deep. And um, I guess I'll just say for the record that I would, I would include Mau Mau, especially at the morning line. I would include What a Country. I would include Bear Alley, Oceanic, Mud Pie, and Militarist. So I would go eight deep if I play the pick five, I think uh you know that's still dependent on 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 finalizing final finalizing it. But uh that's where I stand on the race.
1: I did have one other long shot I wanted to mention. You you mentioned him in passing there at the end. The eight horse oceanic uh he's making his second start. I was impressed in his first start. He took pressure at the start, put a horse away and as soon as he put the horse he had been dueling with away another horse came up on him and the horse got the best of him but the it, the horse was kind of green in the stretch and the rider never really was able to get into him he kept trying to straighten it out and he, and he couldn't um, but the horse did gallop out well and he ended up galloping out past the winner and so i thought it was a, a pretty nice debut and this was for a trainer who's 0 for 37 with first time starters so for that horse to run that well for that barn tells me there's a lot of talent. And this stable though, if he on second time starters routing on the dirt, they're two for seven. So they go from an 0 for 37 first time starters to a barn that's won a couple races, second time out routing on the dirt. So to me, and this horse has speed in a race where there's a lot of plotters in here. Um other than the seven horse who shows some speed, and probably the four horse, the, the Lucas first time starter will show speed. I'm guessing there's not a lot of pace in here. So, you know, that horse from that barn could get completely overlooked. And, um, you know, being forwardly placed uh, with some talent might be able to pull off a shocker or at least hit the board at a price.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll agree with you on that. I, obviously, I I think the horses and include, and the trainer has a really. He's got a positive lifetime ROI at Churchill, and a positive lifetime ROI with the chalk. Let's keep it going with the ninth race at Churchill. It's the, it's an allowance, optional claiming, five and a half furlongs on the turf, purse of eighty three thousand for Phillies, mares, three year olds and up, and Ryan. Why don't you get us started this time?
2: Well, I'm only going to talk about one horse, and that's the one I like. That's Dance Rhythms. Um, this is a horse. So racing in, in May of 2020 is kind of a, a unique thing in that you get these turfers and the track's not open. And what do you do with them? Do you do you ship them to Florida where they've got to shorten up and those are really fast horses? Do you, do you run them over dirt? Um, you know, they, they, they kept her around, uh, and she, her last race was really, really good. Uh, one of the things I mentioned when, when we kicked off was turf sprints. Um, this one was stuck wide on kind of an, an even paced race in the beginning. And, uh, that's just the death trip. It's so hard to, to catch up because you're, you're, you're covering that ground in a, in a, in a place where everybody's trying to run fast. So in a route, it, you know, if you, if you get caught wide in that first turn, you can try and shave in the next turn or they might back in. Do you can fall into a trip turf sprinting? It's, it's so hard to win. And she was so professional down the lane. She just kept coming. So I'm not, a, I don't know how to read the sheets. The way you can uh, Scott, but I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on her, because to me, she looks like she's, she's fresh. She just ran her top, at least from a buyer speed figure standpoint. Um, she's moving up the ladder a little bit. She's a pro she's five for 12 at the distance. Um, I think she'll get a good stocking trip. She's drawn well on the inside and, and might stay far more covered up than she was in the past. And I had some negatives on some of the closers in here with, uh, with getting setups and what have you, um, I'm not a big fan of, of the three who's a three-year-old never facing older. That's coming off a detox program. So that one was a big fade for me. Um, I think Unicoif, if I'm pronouncing that right. Probably will get bet down off of that restricted sprint at Gulfstream. Uh, I'm not a fan of that one. So, uh, same with Bengua three to one. I, I think this one's going to get, uh, potentially cooked early. So with, with queen of shades. So, I'm uh, I'm probably with Dance Rhythms from top three spots. Just not sure how I'll play it, but that'll be my play.
0: Well, I will say that uh, I consider Dance Rhythms to be a must-include. Did just run a small top in its last race and um, hasn't developed that much since a two-year-old, so has upside and I think is an absolute include. Chris, where did you land?
1: Um, well, this race, I you know, I always like to start with the speed horses in these turf sprints, and I also like horses that are have shown speed on dirt, and now they're moving to turf and they're bred for it. So for me, this one's pretty easy. I really like the eight horse Cardamon, who is lightly raced, second off a layoff has speed but he doesn't have to have the lead um but he's definitely gonna be forwardly placed uh and is bred royally to take to the turf it's a half to emollient who is a really really nice grade one winning mayor on the turf also a half to Hofberg, who is talented sort of star-crossed i really think they need to put him on the turf as well though so I just really like this horse, Cardamon. I don't know if you'll get eight to one, but I think he's the horse to beat. The six horse, Bingwa, is dangerous because it's very speedy. That's probably the horse you'll have to run down. Um, but those two seem to kind of stand out in here. After that, there's quite a few that are very close together. And I kind of like, you know, uh, what the horse Ryan pointed out. There's another closer that I like, but. I'll let Scott jump in here for me, you know, Cardamon's a horse I'm going to probably single in the pick five. If I play it, maybe I'll put, play a couple backup tickets, but that Cardamon, I think is one of the better plays on the cart.
0: Nice. That's, uh, that's bold. And uh, the other thing about Cardamon is she's a full to Curtier, who was a stakes winner on turf. So that's a, that's a, you know, that not a well-known horse, but like Amalian or Hofberg, but, uh, you know, even tighter bloodlines, who was a stakes winner on turf. I, I went deep in this race, but I'm going to make my top pick. I'll handle the cash. Uh, he hopped a bit at the start in his last race, checked a bit in the stretch, but once all settled, you know, once he got past that, he made a strong move to close Pretty well against a monster RacingFlow.com speed flow number. Uh, in fact, so he's officially an upgrade by them, and he went against a closer favorability rating of one at chasing Girls Know Best. And yeah, you know, who's going to beat Girls Know Best when she gets uh, a course that she likes and a relatively easy lead? So I, I just like the horse. The horse has improved every race. And that last race was at five furlongs. So closing against uh, a speed horse that loves, loved being on the lead, uh, at five furlongs. Now she gets another half furlong. Her two wins were at five and a half and six furlongs. So she'll appreciate it. The trainer shows a nice ROI of 192 off this type of layoff. So that, that's my horse. And then I'll, I'll just let you, I'm sure you have another horse, uh, uh, but I'll, I'll sort of, I, I'm, I'm absolutely on board with both your guys' picks dance rhythms and cardamom. So I would include all of them. And I, I wouldn't bet a win on this because it's just it's too wide open. Um, but I'll bat it back to you guys before I, I mention it, any other horses.
1: Well, I just jump on That's The other horse I like, um, never has run a bad race had some real trips since last two. I'd be interested to see what Benny says about the last two trips on this horse. Um, so to me, definitely of the closers, that's the one I like um, uh, in in here. So I'm with you, Scott. That's the other horse that I'm I'm interested in after Cardamon.
2: Well, I had a huge, it's funny. I go back to the summer of uh, last year at Saratoga and, and, uh, I had a huge note on this horse that this was the best of the speed. We'll come testing a very fast pace, absolutely worth following exclamation, exclamation. Then she came back and won. She does have a little bit more speed than it shows on paper. Um, you know, that, that, good race at, at Aqueduct is useful, but it's still kind of one, it'll be interesting to see how the turf course shakes out too. There's chance for rain. So it's not significant, but. Um, I'm always, I don't know about you guys, but I'm a little hesitant to jump in when it starts, you know, the, the turf course starts getting cut up a little bit. So that'll be a factor as well. But, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't knock. I'll handle the cash at at all. both your, in fact, you guys are kind of selling me on your picks. I might have to go play a pick five and just use three horses. (laughs) You know, that's not a bad uh, idea. Dance rhythms. I'll handle the cash and cardamom, and I'll just move on to the next, next leg.
0: I like it. I like it. I, I have definitely been beaten in the pick five by chris's picks on uh, many occasions <laughs> <laughs> I've been beaten beat by him in many contests as
2: well so
1: but but that's the value of this is because we're hearing these different opinions and and that can be the difference between hitting that pick five or not a horse that you maybe downgraded or didn't see something and you talk to somebody like you know, you two or your, whoever your buddy is at the track that has a little different perspective and it can really help. That's why we like doing the pod because, and we like having guests on because it really helps give us some insight that we probably would have missed without it.
2: No
0: doubt. Right, I, I have a couple other horses that, that need to be mentioned. And just for the record, as of right now, I'm nine deep in this race. So, uh, you know, I, I'm going to re-listen to the pod where I can pay more attention, uh, to, to, to see why Benny doesn't like some of those horses like Unicoi, but a uh, couple that I'll mention uh, first is fame feather breaks from the rail has shown speed in the past. And in her last race was looked unsettled in the gate. Like we, you know, when they're, they're loaded and you see a horse like jumping up and down and like having to be settled down. That was her in that race. And, uh, She's been fast enough that if she can run her top race, she can win. Um, so, And she has won from the rail one time in a 10-horse field. And she's shown speed, which she didn't show last time because she was off and unsettled. So that's another horse I like. And then Whimsical Muse is two for two on the turf. And I, 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 I can't play this. I, I just wouldn't be able to play the pick five at all. If I didn't include that horse, uh, it's 10 to one. I have no idea how these odds are going to shake out. Sometimes they're crazy. Sometimes they're, they're way off. Sometimes they, they turn out to be right. Uh, so I'm not going to comment on them, but, uh, we aren't going to know by the time this race, you know, we're going to have to bet this. If we bet this pick five, we're going to have to bet it before we know the odds on this race. So I am just mentioning those two and, um, the other ones I think may, you know, I might include originator, you know, it's, there's no value in that. So there's no reason to talk about it. Um, if I do play a pick five and I get through the first leg, I will, I will reveal my ticket on Twitter, uh, after, you know, once I'm alive, it's if I get through the first leg, which it's dependent on me a mischief winning.
2: So you did, you did mention, um, And I think I butchered the name earlier. I think I said something totally different, but Unicoy. So just see where the, the negative that I had on that was I here and I'll read you my note. I said, pace was hot. Duelers were asked hard on the backstretch and it set it up for closers to dominate. The three to two Navarro was cooked on the lead by a Baxter rabbit who had two in here. The other one was the winner, had a great spot at the rail and a great pace to run at. So that was my negative on that one. So that one I'm comfortable in, and leaving out, especially off a of break, but.
0: Wow. You know that that's really interesting. Yeah. I'm looking at the DRF while you're talking about it. And I see that racing flow gave it a CFR closer favorability rating of 90. So I'm kind of surprised that they didn't downgrade the horse. Uh, I'm not sure why they didn't, but, uh, it looks like to me, it looks like very questionable. And the trainer is not really good off the layoff. Uh, the, the 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 one reason why I might still put him in is because he's hitting at an astronomical thirty percent right now, uh, mostly yeah. at Charlestown. So you know, so so I don't know, but he you know he's he's never shipped to Churchill. Not sure why he's going to win the first race he runs here. If the horse is eight to one with uh, Jose Ortiz might be that low, then it's probably not worth including. But again, we don't know before we play the pick five. So um, if I have to trim, which I think I do in order to make my ticket affordable, this is a, a, a good candidate for that.
2: Do it. Toss him. <laughs>
0: you only live once
2: yolo yeah. baby i'll put a i'll put a right in the winner circle for you you'll have to make a saver win bet if you're live
1: yeah there's few there's only a few horses in this race i would say toss and that's one of them so
0: all right great well you know that that just reduced the cost of my tickets thank you thank you guys we'll do the 10th race at churchill it's an allowance optional claimer mile and 16th on dirt eighty-three thousand for three-year-olds and up and I think it's your turn this time, Chris.
1: Okay, I think the two favorite seven, fearless eight, top seed are both legit. So I think you need to include them if you're going to play the pick five. But I think the value could be the four-horse K Parfait. I think is how you pronounce his name.
0: Plouquet Parfait.
1: Plus. So you do pronounce the S, huh? Plouquet Parfait. You do. You
0: do. Okay. That was a-
1: I remember we talked about this horse last year. Anyway, I've always liked him. He's always been in a little too tough. I don't think he's a grade one horse. You know, he was on the triple crown trail, but he always runs pretty well. They tried him on dirt and turf. And what I really like about this horse is the same thing I liked about um, Chocolate Kisses last week, who actually ran pretty well. I think gave Monomoy Girl a pretty good tussle, was second best, but at a big price. And that is the horse has been running on turf, but whenever they go from turf to dirt, the horse really runs well um, on that dirt effort. And this is third off a layoff. They're going turf to dirt. And they also pick up Jose Ortiz, who was aboard one other time on this horse, and that just happened to be its best race ever when it won the UAE Derby. Um, Gets a good post, has some tactical speed in a race without much pace um so i think it'll get a really good trip should be sitting on a career best here with that little turf to dirt move it's getting some class relief you know it's not in there against really good horses and it's not trying to go a mile and a quarter so um there's a lot to like on this horse uh six to one on the morning line i was expecting a little higher price um so i'm hoping that that might happen because i think The 7 and the 8 and the 10 gun it will all take money. So maybe it floats up above 6 to 1. But that seems like a horse that I'm interested in at a price in this race. Number 4, Plus or Plus K Parfait.
0: I agree. The horse looks scary to me. I'm afraid to play the pick 5 without the horse. If I do play the pick 5, I probably will because I think it should be a long shot and it's not going to be one. But um, let's pass it over to Benny. What did you think here?
2: Well, I I agree with Chris in that I don't see a whole lot of speed in here. Um, I think 12th labor kind of can control things from what might happen. I mean, I see top speed getting a good trip no matter what. I mean, If 12th labor takes back, Uh, I can see top speed jogging. Uh, he came home really fast last time. And the only, the only try that this horse laid an egg, I had a dominant front running inside track. And that was the second time out the the first time against winners, um, you know, drawn outside Uh, that's, that race is a complete line through. Uh, So if you're, if you're willing to ignore that race, top speed is, is legit um, i could be wrong i haven't looked but i could swear trophy wife was a sprinter which would be a knock but i can't i can't recall maybe you guys one of you guys can help me out with that um but this one looks legit to me and then I, and then i saw the trackers as also the most logical and those being potentially Gunnett, who gets away from that nine hole going against a lot better at uh at the fairgrounds uh, seems to show a little bit more tactical speed that that race two back I had as an inside track as well um, and obviously showed a, a lot more pace against uh, some some nice horses. So I, I think he'll get a good tracking spot, albeit drawn a, a little bit wide, and I can't knock uh, Chris's horse at all either. I think, I think the winner is going to come from this forward group, um, unless 12th Labor does something crazy. So um, it, it's one of those three. If you put a gun to my head, I, I'd probably side with the eight top speed.
0: Okay, well, we we like putting guns to heads on this program, so so that's yeah. good. <laughs> uh, right. I, let us see what I, I this is a tricky race. I have another nutty long shot here that um, I think has a real shot. Now he he does have to improve, but I think he he might, and that is the nine full of run. The interesting thing about Fuller Run, he 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 started with Jason Service and his debut, which was a five five and a half furlong dirt race, he actually ran huge. And I wrote that he was far back, rallied wide, and had a gigantic gallop out. And he galloped out like ten lengths further than the rest of the field. Now that's not surprising with Jason Service, but it was it came up a pretty big number, and the horse did not start he didn't improve from that number as a two-year-old until late in his four-year-old year year, which was last fall so then he started winning and he was winning in cheap claimers but he got picked up and he just won for the new trainer paul holthus and it wasn't that big of a top for him and he's only developed a little bit since uh since he was a two-year-old you know uh, uh, not ridiculously little but just a, a a fair amount and I think he's got some upside so he's actually 4 for his last 8 and he is 4 for 6 at the distance and I would not play the pick 5 without him so 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 he's my top pick and then the other horse that I'm interested in is thirst for life he's 4 for 11 at Churchill 4 for 14 at the distance the trainer who trains Hawakam, who probably is still running at the age of 12 or something, uh, he specializes in keeping these older horses going. And he's got jockey Miguel Mena, who he has a big ROI with. And um, he's also good at Churchill. And he won a race at Churchill last year at 13 to 1 off a bad race at Oakland. So, so because given that he has run a number that's fast enough to win at least, you know, it's, it's he's run twice. He's run fast enough to win. This could just be the day that he pops and I would also want to include him. Um, so those are my top two. And I, I think fearless is pretty tough to leave out. He was bumped hard after the start in his last race. That is not in the chart, but I watched the head on and He was bumped pretty hard. So uh, considering that he closed well and is circling back toward a number that can win, I I wouldn't toss him because I was pretty impressed with that last race after the bump.
1: Okay, I want to jump in and answer uh, Benny's question about Trophy Wife. She was actually a really nice two-turn horse. She won three of ten lifetime Uh, And she's actually incredibly well-bred. She's by Giant's Causeway out of Pleasant Home, who was, you know, a million-dollar earning grade one winner. So she's definitely route, um, classy route uh, pedigree. So top seed definitely shouldn't have a problem stretching out. Just thought I'd throw that out.
2: Good Um, info, yeah. I appreciate that.
1: And uh, I kind of agree with Benny in that. To me, the forty place horses have an edge in here. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of speed. I did want to throw out one other possible price horse besides Plus K Parfait. I like saying that now that I know how to pronounce it. Um, and that's Tis Mischief. Uh, I'm not a big Dale Romans fan, uh, as if you've listened to the pod before, but he does his horses tend to run better in Kentucky. His horse is run. He's good layoff trainer. This horse has talent. He was a pretty good two-year-old. He was on the derby trail. He ran um, some decent races as a three-year-old kind of had a lost four-year-old season. So he's clearly got some physical problems, but now they're bringing him back as a five-year-old. I think there's still upside there. And like I said, Romans off the layoff at Churchill can be dangerous. That's the one one area where I I respect his ability and the horse could get completely overlooked and run a shocker in here. And, and also this horse has probably ran his best race of his life at Churchill downs. So in fact, I think all of his best races um, have been at Churchill downs. Um, So, you know, this could be a horse for the course as well. So I think that's your 20 to one on the morning line bomber would be his mischief
0: four of his five exacta finishes were at churchill and now it's 20 to 1 so yeah you know, i don't want to try to talk anybody off this horse but i will note that uh that the horse always worked out fast when he was healthy and he's working really slow to come back from this now the romans does went off the layoff. He's a 26% off 180 days or more for four-year-olds, a hundred uh, four-year-olds and up on dirt, but it's uncharacteristically slow workouts. And I, I, you know, there's no value in like tossing this 20 to one, but, but that is just a negative that you should keep into mind. All right. We got so, one wait, Scott, more.
1: Can I just ask? Um, yeah. It, 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 he he worked in one-on-one flat recently that's in line with his workouts in the past. I mean, it's not that bad. I mean, I'm looking at his workouts and I, I don't see that as being really slow. So I'm not sure where you're coming from on that.
0: Uh, well, I just see, um, regular workouts, uh, when he was a three-year-old and a two-year-old, uh, 59 and four bullets. Um, you know, 48 and change for furlongs, 47 and two. So, you know, you're looking at, at a minimum, uh, you know, full second slower than he usually works. And just coming off that big layoff, I don't know, you know, the first workout that shows is in February. But again, I, I don't want to belabor it. It's not like, like, Hey, I'm against tis Mischief at 20 to one. I, I, it's just, it's just something that I noted right. because there were a few horses that I thought, were capable of winning this race. I, I had to, I had to find some reasons to not like them. Uh, and that's one, that's the one, that's the reason why I'm not going to include Tis, tis All right. In my, uh, I,
1: I will say he has been working regularly for four months for this. So, and he's got a regular work tab all the way back to February and it's almost June. So anyway, I think his work tab's pretty good myself. Um, but like I said, he's, he's a, he's a long shot and he's coming off the of a layoff, but, uh, there are some signals that say he wouldn't be a total shocker if he were to win.
0: Uh, I, I agree and noted. Um, just sometimes you got to, sometimes you got to trim. Let's go to the 11th. It's the Old Forester Mint Julep Stakes. It's a grade three. The other one, the winning colors is also a grade three. This one's a mile and a 16th on turf. Purse of 100,000 for Phillies, mares, four-year-olds and up. And we'll start with benny this time
2: well this one the the horse that i like i'm probably going to be begging for something to happen that i realize probably won't and that's mainly that's price driven Uh, i give winning envelope a swing um despite the fact that i really can't find a whole lot of speed in here it looks like mitchell road has got some speed um i think elizabeth way is is potentially has speed, but but Paco rode her a little bit more aggressively to get to the lead when she won going wire-to-wire at Gulfstream in the very one, um, and then she just kind of dawdled along after that. But I do think she's got a little bit more speed if needed. Uh, I'm going to pray for that injection of pace uh, because I feel like uh, I feel like winning envelope has had a couple trips that were just impossible. The last one was really, really good. Um, a few of those are coming out of the same race and, and this one, the rails were at zero feet, which is, is a front running inside lean. Um, she was wide. She just kept coming and grinding. It was a professional run. Uh, she's got a little break. Hopefully that keeps her close. She's drawn inside. So that one's interesting to me, you know, just from a macro perspective, there are three different trainers in here that have two different horses. Um, and most of them obviously given what we're dealing with 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 the limited number of tracks you know everyone's either fresh or off a of layoff here so i think the tote's going to be interesting in this race because you've got you've got six horses that are only covered by three trainers and who's prepping and i know it's a stake and you want to win but uh, this could be used uh for some of these to get you know train into fitness and and If that happens, one of these could be used as a rabbit. There's six different horses and there's no speed in the race. And it would only take one of them for something to change. So I'm going to strangle hope that something like that does develop uh, because I think winning envelope is going to be just a massive, massive number. All the other trainers in here are, you know, they're, they're exceptional turf trainers. Chad's got two in here. Walsh has got two in here. Graham's got two in here. Um, they're going to take all the money and, uh, this one's speed figures are low. And I think it's just because, uh, she's fallen into some slow run early races. Um, but she's not impossible. She's won over the turf course before. Um, and I'm guessing it's, it'll be more like 40 to one would be my, would be my estimation. So that's where I'm going to land winning on blue.
0: All right. Uh, to your point about the horses coming off a layoff, I try to read up on DRF and elsewhere uh, trainer scuttlebutt and they did quote in DRF. They quoted Brad Cox as saying, quote, I expect this to be a good comeback spot for both of them. They're both quality mayors and I'd like to think we're going to have big years with them. And when I heard and when I read that to me, it was like years. Yeah. Yeah. Like like. Uh, locked and loaded, you know, she should fire off the layoff. He he didn't say that. Uh, so that, you know, it's take with a grain of salt because uh, they're both, they're both really good horses. Chris, what did you think?
1: Well, I, um I do think Juliet Foxtrot is by far the best horse in here. And I mean, if it wasn't for God, Stormy, Barranca at Santa Anita, um, Uni, she would have won all the races last year. I mean, she's running second to those horses, and she's winning when she's not running against them. They're not in this race. She draws the rail. Uh, Cox's horses have been firing off the layoff at Churchill. There's not much pace, and she can, if they nobody goes, she can go to the lead. If not, she can stalk whoever does. I mean, to me, she's your A horse in here um, for sure. Uh, I, I think she's much better than the others. There is one price horse I think maybe could jump up and give her a run for her money. Um, And that's the nine horse Varenka who, if you watch her replays and you like watching turf horses, watching good turf horses, this is kind of the prototype good turf route horse. I mean, she levels off when they turn for home and just takes off and that's, She's got that huge burst that you love to see late push button. Uh, just a really nice mare. She she's been in races that have just had no pace in them almost every time, and she still against the flow makes her run. Um, her last race was at Keeneland, and Scott and I were there because that was the the day of the contest. And Cambier Park like got the lead and just slowed it down the second quarter was just a crawl and she had no chance in there um so i mean she's just a really nice mare and Graham motions horses have been firing off the layoff at churchill um to me she's the other one that could be really nice this year if she improves from three to four like you would expect um and so that's my price play in here, the nine Varenka. But I really have a lot of respect for Juliet Foxtrot. And I agree with Brad Cox. She's going to have a good year this year. She's a very nice horse, never has run a bad race, has run well off the layoff last year. So a lot to like with her, um, the one horse, Juliet Foxtrot. And also, I think Branca will turn out to be a really classy mare this year, especially if she can get some better setups. This might not be the day that she gets that. Um, we'll see. Well,
0: I, I'm going to agree with you on Juliet Foxtrot and Varenka for exactly the reasons you said. So there's no reason to add to those two, but I am going to announce my top pick as the five, La Signare. The interesting thing about this horse she showed talent as a three-year-old and I think she got bet like in her next few races after she, she won a stake as a three-year-old, but she just didn't go on with it. She didn't improve. Uh, With normal development, she would be right up there with these horses. Now she got a new trainer, Brendan Walsh, and he's gotten her right. And this is her fourth race of the year. She won, Really professionally in her last race. In fact, every fraction was faster than the other, and it wasn't uh, an extremely fast pace. So she 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 was really impressive. She was she galloped out well, and since then, her workouts are notably better. Like she's she ran a forty six and two bullet uh, on April twenty eighth at Keeneland. So I, mean, I think this horse is just feeling her oats. So, she's. I would absolutely. This is the horse that's got to be included for me. Um, and I'm. And I, you know, talk me off her. I mean, tell me what, why I shouldn't like this horse because um, she she looks good to me.
2: I'm sold. Uh, where do I get? I'm I'm going to cut in line right now. I'm so fired <laughs> up.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I definitely don't want to talk you off her, but I, I will say that. If you like her, you have to like the um, 11 horse, Zafel, because she ran, she had a, a much worse trip. I think she was the best horse in that race. I think they were in the same race. Um, yeah, she was, was. just un, she was unlucky to lose. I think she would have ran right past La Signore with a better trip. So if you like the um, one, you've got to include the other. In fact, I like the 11. That's probably my other long shot, would be the 11. I think she's got more upside as a four-year-old and she had a lot of excuses in her last race. So to me, if um the other possibility would be that horse. Um but I think you know the slow pace and an outside post could compromise her chances, although Corey Lannery is pretty good at trying to save ground. So maybe he can work a trip from that post.
2: Well, it's interesting. We all think the pace is going to be soft and nobody likes Mitchell road, which I find kind of hilarious. I think we're going to put Mitchell road in the winner's circle.
1: Uh, I think Mitchell road's going to clear. Yeah. But I, the reason I don't like her to win, I agree with, um, she could hit the board. Uh, I just think she's going to get bet some. And to me, Julia Foxtrot will just swallow her up in the stretch. You know, she'll just track her and I don't see how she holds her off. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I agree, though. She's another one you probably um, would want to include with uh, Juliet Foxtrot if you play her in the verticals um, because you're right. From a pace standpoint, you would think Mitchell Road would be a, a good play, although I'm not a Joe Talamo fan, especially on a horse you want on the lead in a turf race from the 14 hole. So if it was a different rider, I'd be a lot more um, interested in Mitchell Road.
0: I personally, I especially in a race like this, I can't get all involved with the pace scenarios because it. This looks like a race that there's going to be very little pace. Uh, now, Mitchell Road is likely to take the lead, and maybe she gets a really easy lead. I don't know, but let's go back to last week the the stake, the last stake uh, at Churchill, where it looked like everybody was going for the lead. I mean, at least half the horses were going for the lead. It was a big field. And one of the horses that was on the lead won. So it didn't develop. And it's just, it's like an added angle, uh, uh, you know, it's just an added angle to like confuse things. And if you're really worried about it, then, you know, it's probably best to lay off the race. So I'm just I'm choosing not to let that slow pace scenario bother me, and just hope that with a big field, it's going to sort itself out.
2: All right, I'm going contrarian now. I'm I'm changing my pick. I just canceled my bet, and I'm picking Mitchell Road now. (laughs) I'm just kidding with you, but uh, you know I I do think so. so One interesting thing that happened to Mitchell Road was you remember that race the, the Diana? Chad had three in there. And he just sent one of them off to destroy Mitchell road. And he ran one, two, three in that race. If I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think Mott said, we've got to change the game plan here because she can't be a one trick pony. She's going to have to learn to rate. And the comment line, I have, I have no note on the race, but at Kentucky downs was stout hold. So I think they, they intentionally started to teach her to rate, but when she's up front, she's brave. And I think that's going to happen today. I mean, she she's gotten two poor breaks in a row, which have forced her hand into into passing. But assuming she she breaks, she's going to dawdle, and uh, she could get brave. I mean, she was really good when she was younger. So I've canceled my bet, and I'm 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 going to the outside hole with, with smoke and Joe. uh, Okay. You're not just kidding. You're,
0: you're, you're, you're actually going with it and that that's totally cool. I mean, uh, this is why we we keep looking at the races, right? right. Uh, new, new information comes to light new, uh, you know, new, uh, realizations.
1: Yeah. I like everything about it except for the, the jockey, especially on a horse that hasn't broken well in its last two races because he's not a good gate rider. Um, so I mean I, I wish there was a different rider because I'd be on board with you.
0: Okay. Well, uh, do you gentlemen have any other picks on the card?
2: You know, there was one, it, it's going to be so, I mean, this is one of those where it's like super obvious. Um, in fact, I'm going to have to bring it up. It may be, maybe the first race on the card but to me, there was a, there was a dunk extra effort. Uh, the number one horse was, it was a dunk for me. That comment is going to get over bet and, uh, who knows what price this horse will be, but go ahead and watch the tape on that horse. She gets knocked around a tiny bit early. She has a mild bump. And then she's trying to, to ride into the race and, she gets intimidated a horse. She's, she's gradually making up ground and do a very fast pace. Um, it looks, it's visually impressive. And then she gets dropped on and she literally just loses all chance. She falls back, I don't know, eight lengths or so. And she loses every position. I mean, she goes all the way to the back of the pack and on her own, she ends up running back into the end of the race a little bit. And, uh, I had that, that track as a, as a forward track, scolding was a first time starter that was absolutely hammered at the windows and, and ran to those opinions, uh, and connections. I believe it was an Asmussen. Um, so I, I think that might be a live race. Uh, and there was a huge trouble note. The one, the one and it's, it's a Catalano that was first time out, which is, you know, that is not his forte either. I mean, he very, very, rarely wins first time out but i think that one might have had a say in the outcome had she not been uh destroyed um but the two negatives she may be a little nutty you uh, know she gets blinkers on she she did go kind of crazy when she got dropped on uh wasn't a, a pause or a mild steady i mean she lost her action completely and i'm not a big fan of the drop um why why offer her up if if she was Potentially going to win a straight maiden, so you know she'd she'd be worth more than seventy five thousand had she won that race. So, not a big fan of the of the drop, but that was a trip note horse uh, that I'll be uh, I'll single in the pick five and and just hope they're trying to to cash.
0: All right, Chris, did you have anybody?
1: Um, I was and, You know, maybe there's a race I'm interested if Benny had any trip notes in this third race, it's a maiden special weight on the turf. So, you know, it's the kind of race 2 turn maiden race where trips can really help you out. I did like the 11 horse fashion Mo who had a, a tough trip in its last race. And, um, I think, you know, really fits in here and could improve off of that, uh, but it did draw a tough post so it could get another trip today, but I'm just curious if Benny had any, any horse that stood out from a trip standpoint in that third race at Churchill.
2: Uh, you caught me off guard. I'll have to look it up, but I can send you something. I can send you something yeah. uh, either on Twitter or offline. I just don't, I don't have it up.
1: All right. Um, but for, for me, I kind of like the 11 horse fashion mowing in there in the third at Churchill.
0: All right. And I'm going to give, uh, I haven't handicapped the race, but I'm almost certain to bet it. And that is a horse that I picked as a super long shot on the pod. And the horse got the race. um, He scratched for some reason. It wasn't even a turf race. That's in the sixth race. It's the four strong tide. Now this horse is bred to, to, to go long and his siblings and mother won on everything. But you really want an English Channel. You want, um, you want a horse, an English Channel horse on the turf. And this is its second race off the layoff. There were things to like, I don't remember. I, I have to look it up. I haven't even looked at the racing form for this race. But just looking at the numbers on dirt, if the horse improves off its dirt numbers and, and the trainer can hit with the second off layoff, and 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 it, and it improves going t- on turf the horse could score at a nice price Um uh, let me see what the odds are
1: he's a big price 30 to 1 so i i like your thinking on that one um i also like the five horse in there buy me candy this horse is not 30 to 1 but it definitely fits in there
0: all right well uh we, we'll um We'll let our listeners handicap the, those races and decide whether our spot plays have any merit. I would like to thank our guest, Benny South Street. Benny, thanks so much for being with us and sharing your trip notes with everybody.
2: No, no problem. I really appreciate you guys having me on. Hopefully you guys can make a big score because if you do, I'll beat you to the windows because I'm going to be playing all your horses.
0: <laughs> well, I, with that kind of karma, I'm going to have to play yours. That means somehow I'm going to have to work Mitchell Road into there. Uh, all right. So, uh, great pod. Let's uh, let's finish it off. That will end show number sixty six. May you crush the Churchill Downs Pick Five, and please enjoy the Brooklyn Boogaloo Blowout. Cheers. You